0: I was planning on starting a new series tonight, and um, and I still am. Next week, I'll probably start it. We even shot a promo for it and everything. So, um, But I called Taylor on or text him on Monday, and I said, hey, I'm going to go a different direction on Sunday, and I want to do a, a single night mes- message called Perfected Strength. And just God dropped this in my heart. And I wasn't necessarily dealing with anything other than he dropped this word in my heart, and hopefully it, it ministers to you. So if you, have, if you need fill-ins, we've got fill-ins and we've got pins, so raise your hand if, we need, if you need any of those, and we'll get those to you quickly. And Chloe's writing them and filling her hands. I need another one. <laughs> By the way, real quickly, I think he's hiding in our, in our hand out there. I want to thank Christian. Y'all thank Christian real quick for running sound for us tonight, and thank you, Israel, for playing bass for us tonight. We sure appreciate you guys. So we knew that by the Abrahamic covenant, we needed to be good to Israel, so the Lord would bless us. (laughs) Um, Your first villain, no one wants to admit weakness in, in any area. We made the statement in our, in our um, hotspot, you're not going to go to Starbucks and sit down and say, let's talk about your weaknesses. No, but no. They're like, okay, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'll come back another time. But we all like to focus on our strengths, your next fill-in, what we're good at. As a matter of fact, if you're talking or catching up with somebody, you'll talk about what you enjoy, what you have in common, what you like to talk about, those kind of things. Nobody, unless you know, maybe it's a counseling session or a, a rare occasion, are you going to sit around and talk about the things that you're not good at. Because weakness, your next fill-in, weakness is an indictment on ourselves, that really, when we look at and focus at the things that we 're not good at, it comes full circle, and all the fingers seem to point at us, and the indictment is, is at us. A few Saturdays ago, we were putting up the sign out there when we had that storm come through. It just ripped to shreds the sign that we had, so I was out there at doing something I you know was outside of my realm of expertise, but I was helping pull you know drill the, the sign in and all that kind of stuff and So there was a guy, actually Lambden was at the top, very top, and another guy named Pooter. It was really crazy because Pooter's about this tall and Lambden's about this tall. So it was really kind of comical to see both of them up there. So Pooter's holding the sign and Pooter looks every bit of his name. I guess that's okay, but he looks like a Pooter. So he's up there and he said, somebody throw me up a water. So me being the athletic dude that I am not... Decides so I'm gonna throw <laughs> throw him the water up at the top of the sign. So I <laughs> threw it I threw it underhand like Granny shot, and and it was about seven feet from him. And then I <laughs> threw it up again, and and <laughs> I don't even know where it went that time. And one time, John Jones, if you know John Jones, that's in in our. Um, Church. He has a prosthetic leg. He's going up the ladder as I, and it comes. The water bottle comes down and hits John Jones. I'm about to knock John Jones off the block, off the you know the ladder with his with his prosthetic leg. And so finally, I just gave it to Landon, <laughs> and he threw it straight at him. <laughs> and I have no problem admitting that I never grew up throwing anything other than maybe up. So <laughs> from occasion. so I don't like to sit around and say, "Let's go play catch." That's not going to be fun for you. <laughs> it's not going to be really fun for me either, but you certainly are going to say, let's go do something else. I don't want to sit around and talk about how I don't know how to throw a ball. The interesting thing you're next fill-in is that the Apostle Paul has an interesting twist on weakness. So let's go to 2 Corinthians verse 12. I'm going to first read out of the voice, and then I'll jump over the Amplified. The Apostle Paul says here, To keep me grounded... And stop from me becoming too high and mighty due to the extraordinary character of this revelation. I was given, look at your neighbor and say given, a thorn in the flesh, a nagging nuisance of Satan. Do you know any nagging nuisances? Don't point to them. A messenger to plague me. Your next villain. Have you ever had a weakness that didn't seem to go away or get better? And many times we deal with things in our lives, weaknesses, things that we're not strength at. I guess I could improve my throw, but as I am at 44, it's probably not going to happen very quickly. So have you ever had a weakness that didn't go away or seemed to get better? These are the things that we don't want to talk about. These are the things we don't want to dwell on. The truth is your next villain. I'd rather, I'd rather everybody know I said, sorry, I'd rather you know everything about me except what I'm not good at. Have you ever had that feeling that people, when people see you, they see you uh, in your best light? That, isn't it funny that we, a lot of the realities of our lives, people don't know about. And this isn't some therapy session, it's more of uh, we just don't think about weakness. Well, not think about it. We don't discuss it, and really maybe not. But here's the truth, your next villain. The enemy greatest weapon against me are my weak spots. That when it comes to the uh, attacks or the assignments that he has on my life, he's always going to head for my weaknesses. He's never going to head for my strengths. He's always going to head for what I'm not too good at. These are the places, have you ever felt this way, that the enemy will hammer, and not just hammer, but he will hammer them every single day. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever had, you were dealing with something, and it felt like no matter what kind of day you were having at, having at some point, you got hammered where you were weak. There's some times that we deal with a weakness that nobody else but God, and, and we know what's going on. The funny thing about a weak spot is that we rarely can blame anybody but ourselves. I think that's the interesting thing about having weaknesses is that there really is not very many people that I can blame other than Jonathan when it comes to the things that I deal with. And so that may be the part that we don't really want to talk about or dwell on or think about is that usually they're of my own doing. I liked this, I thought this was f- kind of funny, that these are the things in our lives that we could physically choke them if we could. Have you ever had a weakness where you say, boy, if you were just manifesting a person, I would punch you right in your face. That those things that you're not happy about, those things that don't, don't uh, bring joy to your life, those things that are a struggle, that really if they were in the flesh, you would find yourself punching it or choking it in the face. 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 8, the very next verse in the voice says, I beg the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul talking, I beg the Lord three times to liberate me from its anguish. That the Apostle Paul says, I I don't have any hesitancy to tell you in Scripture that three times I ask God to let me go from this. Have you ever gone to the Lord, your next villain, have you ever gone to the Lord on more than one occasion about the same thing? Don't raise your hand, but I can. That you've gone to him and said, again, God, again, I have to deal with this. Don't worry, we're going somewhere with this. What do you do when God is silent about your weak spots? Can I let you in on something before I go any further that's really not even in your notes? Really, the things that we deal with on kind of an emotional level that doesn't line up with faith, God's really not going to have anything to do with that in our lives. Let me take it a step further. Anything in our lives that is not along the level of faith that we really want to have a pity party or blame God or ask God why or wonder why or whine about why or how come I have to deal with this, really God in his goodness does not have anything really to do with that but will let us just wallow in that. He's not moved by anything. This isn't in your notes, but this is really good. He's not moved by anything in our lives but faith. And if we're willing to what I, what I show you by the end of this message in just a few minutes, if we're willing to walk in the faith that comes from the truth of his word, then he'll be involved in it. But he won't be involved in Jonathan's pity parties. Does he care? Is he interested? Does he have a solution? Have you ever wondered that? But I like what it says in Hebrews when it talks about how Jesus is. Hebrews 4.15 says, For Jesus is not some high priest who has no sympathy for our weaknesses and flaws. Because Jesus has already been tested in every way that we are tested, but emerged victorious without failing God. That he's easily in touch with what it's like to be us. That's actually your next feeling. Jesus easily knows what it's like to be me. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever had that thing, where that, that thought? Does anybody understand me? Does anybody know what, how, what I deal with or what I'm feeling and so forth? Jesus does. The Word of God says he easily knows what we're dealing with. The truth is, your next villain, he has personally experienced it too. That Jesus is just not some great character that we are saved by and someday we'll spend eternity with, but he is also a man. He is also a man who has experienced, according to Hebrews, he's experienced everything that I've been through except without sinning. And why would he... Well, we know why he didn't sin, because he was the perfect lamb that was was slain, But why would would he experience everything that that he had? So he would know. So he could say, I know what it's like to be you. Jesus has a direct connection to being human with its limits and its frailty. No other God, no other deity, no other religion can say that their God has a direct connection to what it's like to be human. But we can because Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be human. Jesus is our go-to man when it comes to weakness. And here's, here's the truth that we're going to get to quickly. He is the solution. I'm going to show you in just a few minutes. That anytime time that we are dealing with weakness or dealing with uncertainty, he's the go-to guy. He's not always, that's not always natural. That's not always second nature is to go to him. But he is our go-to Our go-to man, 1 Corinthians, continuing on with the Apostle Paul. Now I'm jumping over to the Amplified. And God said, and he said, God said to, to Paul, he said, Paul, my grace, my favor, my loving kindness, my mercy is enough for you. Can I let you in on something? There won't be any time in your life that you're dealing with a shortcoming, that you're dealing with something that that you don't see how you can get through, that you don't see where the resources are gonna come from, you don't see how you have it in you to make it, how you have it in you to succeed, how you have it in you to get to the end of where you want to be, that there'll be many, many times that you will feel that you are a lack of resources when it comes to this walk with God. But make no mistake, according to, to what it says right here in 2 Corinthians, he is enough. I'm not enough. But he is enough. And he says, My grace, he makes the list. I love God. He said, I'm I'm gonna make you a list, and I'm gonna make it good. My grace, my favor, my loving kindness, my mercy, it's all enough for you. Goes on to say, sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear trouble manfully. Your next villain, as long as I have grace, I can withstand anything. Weakness should not be my focus, because grace is my answer. Many people that are stuck in a rut, and every one of, the, every one of us is, have experienced those times where we were just stuck, stuck in a rut of a feeling, an emotion, a situation, a circumstance, a weakness, a challenge. Every one of us can focus on that, but focusing on it is not the answer. Grace, his grace is the answer. I keep on scrolling down, so forgive me. God's grace over my life trumps every weakness I'll ever encounter. Here's, here's what happens. My weakness, and then take this hand and send it up to, I don't know, about Jupiter <laughs> and his grace. There's no comparison. My weakness compared to his grace, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no uh, comparison between the two. His grace outweighs my weakness any given day. Now, if you're like me, you're well acquainted with your weaknesses. I'll I'll let you know how sometimes I figure out that that I'm not as strong as I once was. Put me on the floor. I don't get up as quick as I used to. Y'all can laugh, but you'll get there one day. So I'll get on the floor when I'm cleaning house or whatever and folding clothes, and I've got to hold on to everything on the way up. Can I tell you a satanic attack? Burpees are satanic attacks. Nobody was designed to do burpees. The devil invented burpees. I was doing a class one time where we were doing burpees. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And uh, you're kidding. You mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to my hands, kick my feet back, bring them back up, and jump to a standing position? I couldn't do that just rolling into those positions, much less to a back to a standing position. So we don't always bounce back as easily. We're more acquainted. Jonathan is more acquainted with what he's not good at the older he gets. But it has nothing to do with my ability, but everything to do with his grace. God's grace is more than enough for every area of my life. Jonathan, you don't know what I deal with. I I don't. I don't but I know his grace. Jonathan, you don't know how I got to this place in life and, and, the, and the challenges that I face. No, I, I probably don't. But I know his grace. Here's where we're going tonight. Verse nine. God's saying to Paul, for my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and complete, and show themselves most effective. Where? In your weaknesses. There's a perfected strength. That's the title of tonight. There's a perfected strength of God, and his perfected strength manifests itself in my weaknesses. Now, this is a crazy thought because let's take this full, full thought, full circle. God is most strong, and I'm probably jumping to another fill-in, when I am most weak. My nephew Samuel has this thing where he says, you've got to be kidding me. But whatever it is, you've got to be kidding me. So you can read verses like this in 2 Corinthians that for my strength, my power, God's saying my strength, God's power is made perfect and fulfilled and completes himself, shows his strength most effective in my weakness. And I've got, you've got to be kidding me. Why in the world would you God, why in the world would you use my weakness to show your biggest strength? Perfected strength shows up in my biggest weak place. This is just crazy, crazy thinking that God shows himself most powerful in my weaknesses. Now, God's one powerful, and you're thinking, we're getting, we're, this is all from what we just read. That he shows himself most strong. Most powerful, most mighty, when he narrows in and points to Jonathan's biggest weakness. I like this next verse. Verse 9, Paul says, Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and power of God may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. And the voice uh, translation or paraphrase says that the power of the anointed one is at home in me. What? Your next fill-in, glory? And we, this is what Paul said. He said, I'm going to boast, I'm going to glory, I'm going to celebrate my weaknesses And why? Because God said, I will dwell. Your next fill-in. Go a couple fill-ins. The next fill-in was what? Glory and weakness. Because he said, I will, next fill-in, I will dwell. God said, I will dwell where where you are the weakest. You guys probably don't remember this, but there used to be a show called The Weakest Link. And this crabby woman would host the show. And she would find out around this circle of people who was the one that was, was the weakest player in the game. And at some point, she, they, would, they would become the weakest link. And so she would tell them, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. And so they were kicked off the show. And so you're eliminated by how many times you miss the questions. And then this crabby British woman would say, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> Have you ever felt like the weakest link? But here's the cool part: God doesn't, your next fill-in, dismiss me when I'm weak. This is crazy. He chooses to live where I'm weak. He shows up to stay, your next fill-in, for as long for a long while where I'm weak. Now I need some help real quick. Ben and and uh, Colton, bring that bring that tent right up here on the platform, because I know you guys moved right over that. Quick, guys. Y'all act like there's a chicken leg over there or something. (laughs) Bring it on up. Bring it on up. There you go. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, up, up. Bring it up. Just scratch that wall. We'll paint it later. Right here, right here in the middle. So you should have seen me putting this tent together, and I had to have... Thank you, guys. Thank you. Y'all give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you. you. We were trying to put this tent together today, and... Taylor was helping me and Melinda was cussing, and well, we got it together. But did you go back to that scripture that was just right above it? Paul says, Therefore, I, therefore I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmity, that the strength and power of God, the Amplified says, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Here's what happens, is that a weak spot in our life shows up, a weak place in our life that may have been there for a long time, may be there for a long time, a weak place shows up, and this is what God does. He said, I'm moving in. I'm going to get in here because I've got the top off, and y'all can still see me. See, you can see me still. <laughs> and talk about getting old. I can't bend that way. <laughs> now, a tent in the time that Paul wrote it was a dwelling place. Are you ready for this? Let's fast forward to 2017, and God says, I'm going to build a house right where you're weak. And then he goes further, and he said, not only am I going to build a house where you're weak, I'm going to move in that house. You are know, like, God, this is, this, is, this is where I'm not good. He goes, I know. God, these are the places that I'm not, I'm not proud of. These are the places that I struggle. These are the places that, that, you know, I don't want to focus on. These are the places that I get hammered. These are the places that, 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 that I get attacked. These are the places, these are the thoughts nobody else knows that I, that I, that I deal with. These, this, he goes, yeah, I know, I know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm building a house right there, and, and I'm moving in because if you go to the voice translation go to the next one he said that the power of the anointed one go to the next one real quick. the power of the anointed one at home let's go back to Samuel you've got to be kidding me that you mean to say god that your that your word says that your strength is made perfect in my weakness Yeah. And not only is God's strength made perfect in my weakness, but he said, I'm coming to where you're weak at and I'm staying. Have you ever had a guest in your house that was like long overdue? Here's the cool thing about God is that he moves in and refuses to move out. But the cool thing is he's not a bad guest. He's actually a pretty cool guest. And so you like, you know, when you had people in your house that, that are there for a long time, you like, I, you can't run around your house in your underwear. You can't, you know, drink milk out of the jug. You can't do all the things that you normally do, leave your... your your dirty clothes everywhere, you have to be different when people are there, and especially when they've been there for a while, and when they finally leave, you're like, oh great, now I can just go back to normal living, because, you know, you'd be, do that whole thing where you forgot your underwear, your towel from the shower, and you have to run from the bathroom to your room butt naked, and then you realize that the the house guest just saw you streak across the hallway, and we had this friend Wesley one time that he was living with Pastor Nichols and Pastor Nichols' brother-in-law was there who was an older man in his 90s and he said, all of a sudden I went down the hallway and it was dark in the house and there's Calvin just standing there in the hallway. It's just dark. You just bump into the old man right there, okay? (laughs) And all of a sudden, you're faced with a weak spot in your life. Taylor, if you'll come on up. You're roaming around your home of your life. You run into, you have a weak spot and all of a sudden in the middle of that weak spot, that low spot, that spot that you don't enjoy, that spot that's a challenge, all of a sudden you bump in and run into God. God, what are you doing here? He goes, I live here. But God, this is, a, this is a tough part. This is a challenging part. It's a part I'm not proud of. This is a part that, that's it's a struggle. He goes, I know. I know. Well, what are you doing here? I live here. I'm at home here. And God grabs you around the, around the shoulder. And he said, my, my, my strength, not your strength, my strength, shows itself most powerful right here, right now. Verse 10. So for the sake of Christ, Paul says, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities. And I really didn't understand that, if you'll allow me to stop for just a moment. I didn't understand that, and this is the reason I wanted to, to preach this message. And thought, well, why in the world is Paul saying crazy stuff like this? I'm well pleased and I take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardship, persecution, etc. cetera, because Paul realized wherever those are, wherever there's an infirmity, wherever there's an insult, wherever there's a hardship, wherever there's persecution, distresses, he goes, I know my God's going to be there. Picture a room in, your, in the home of your life, a room that is full of your, of your frailties, full of your challenges, full of your mistakes, full of the things you're not proud of. Picture that room in your house and then picture God sitting in that room in a reclining chair, leaned back, Laughing, I'm just having a good time. God, you don't understand this room, this part of my life. I don't. I don't want to. I want to face this. He goes, I'm, but I'm here. I'm bigger than all this. So Paul said, I'm. I'm going to glory in it. For when I am weak in human strength, He's strong. Your last few feelings, What take pleasure. In weaknesses, because my strength, your next villain, my strength in him is directly tied to my greatest weakness. It's hard to fathom that. It's hard to it's hard to think that my biggest strength is directly tied to my biggest weakness. Paul said, so I couldn't boast, so I couldn't be impressed with Jonathan. Because everything that I have that is strong is from him. God designed this so that I couldn't take credit for his powerful presence and grace in my life. When I'm at my worst, God chooses to show up in me with his best. Which is crazy. I like this last one. God perfects perfected strength. He perfects his strength in my, my weaknesses. If you can think about God just for a moment as we close out tonight, that he's pretty powerful all by himself. He's pretty amazing all on his own. He's pretty put together just as he is. But if you were interviewing God and you said, God, where is your biggest strength? He said, my biggest strength is in your weakness. That's what the word of God said. Where do you show yourself most powerful? God would say, if you're interviewing him, I show myself most powerful where you're weak. Can I explain why? His great love for you. His great love compels him to your frail humanity and showing up in his massive power. That's love.